Pandemonium reigns. Pandemonium reigns back in your ears. Here to talk about the SEC Championship, the ACC Championship, the Big 12, the Big 10, and the last. RIP to the Pac-12, the Pac-12 Championship. We're going to discuss five games. we got five games on deck. Rivalry week is over. Appreciate you tuning in and letting us hang out with you. We are in your speakers, invited into your home. Appreciate you inviting us in. We love you guys. I'm Dan. He's Mike. We're going to tap into this thing. Let's get rolling right away. Game numero uno in Atlanta, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Georgia, Alabama, episode, what, 31, what feels like? Yeah, it is. It 100% is. Uh, we got a Georgia over, or excuse me, we got Georgia favored five and a half. We got an over under of 54 and a half. ESPN FBI likes Georgia 52.1%. I, what do you feel about that five and a half on a neutral turf? That feels like the most relevant number to me based on uh, how this series has played out in all of the Saban smart matchups. Uh, even if you go back to the one in this game, the, the SEC championship game prior to Kirby Smart uh, and when it was Mark Brick mm -hmm. and, and them almost pulling it off, these games are close. They are. Um, I think it's a fair number. Uh Tend to agree with the number. We'll get we'll get there in a minute. Uh, five and a half is that's no disrespect to Alabama. That's no disrespect to Georgia uh, in the sense that it could and you know it wouldn't be the craziest thing if it was six and a half or a touchdown or you know whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been a wild series. Think about all the endings, uh, second and twenty six, and you know the Georgia finally getting the the monkey off their back against Alabama uh, a couple years ago now. And the fashion in which they did it, you know, with the really with the pick six is what comes to mind from Keely Ringo. Yeah. Uh, and Bryce Young was basically throwing to, to me and you, you and I at that time yeah. of the game. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I totally get the number. I could see anything happening. Um, actually, the, the thing I would expect the least would be a blowout one way or the other, even Georgia okay. blowing out Alabama. I, I don't see that right now. I, I think this okay. is going to be a tight game. Teams are going to be reluctant to make mistakes, I think. And yeah. scared to make mistakes, um, and I can see anything happening. Anything that ends in a in a close game, one way or the other. Yeah, I I think everyone is expecting a close game. Just as you said, that th this is what it's been. This is what it's been. I wanna I wanna highlight some comments that I've gotten from some unnamed Georgia fans. If I could do that real quick. Okay. These guys are feeling yes. real. These guys are feeling real confident going into Atlanta. Oh man, Alabama! Did you see how Alabama struggled with Auburn? Did you? Did you? See, man, it took them down to the last play. Wait, 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 wait. Um, did you see how you struggled with Auburn? Because you only beat them by seven. That's my response. You only got them by seven. And you know what? The way that they ran all over Alabama, they did the same thing to you. They couldn't throw against you either, but they ran on you, and you only beat them by seven. Now, yes, it took a last play, took a final play, took some juju and Jordan Hare, right, for, for Alabama and Jalen Milrow and Isaiah Bond. But I feel like we're <laughs> – it's kind of like it's kind of like when you get in an argument with your wife, right? 
and uh, she gets on to you for something that she also does. Yeah, like yeah. wait, no, wait a second, wait a second. I, wait, I'm in trouble for the exact same thing that you do. Like you get on to me for not, uh, for not. You say I'm not listening to you while I'm looking at my phone, but I, I, I mean, I've got, I've got record of you doing the exact same thing. I mean, thoughts on that? I mean, I, I, tra- we know that transitive property doesn't exist, but it doesn't both, work for sure. Yeah, you both went toe to toe with Auburn, with Auburn, who lost to New Mexico State. If that's what we're really going to do here. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and what will happen is after this game, you'll have the – I wish I could remember the term that they use for this, but you'll have the chart on social media, probably on Twitter at least, of New Mexico as the SEC champion, this way or the other, you know what I mean? <laughs> because of the, the win over Auburn. Mm. And it'll even trickle down further than that is what it'll do. But absolutely, the, the transitive property, the math never adds up like you think sure. it will in these moments. You know, you might sure. see it against worse teams or worse coach teams to where it catches up at times, but it doesn't work in this moment. The, basically the way the Auburn games boiled down for these two for these two teams is for Georgia, it took it took number 19 being Superman to beat Auburn. That's what it took. Yeah. Uh, for Alabama, it took fourth and 31. And n- neither of those results are great, but at the same time, it, it, that's Georgia's worst result of the year. And for Alabama, had they lost that game, it would have been their worst result of the year. It's, it's you know, they lost the Texas game, so you can't say it's the worst result. But had they mm-hmm. lost that game, this loss would have, would have been a little bit stinkier. Yeah, you, you said uh, 19, Brock Bowers, alluding to Brock Bowers, won the game against Auburn. I, I'm going to take that a step farther, and I think you'll agree with this. Part of that is on the Georgia staff for not getting him the ball earlier or looking to find ways to get him the ball. I don't think he got touches until late. That that sounds correct. Um, you know, he somehow, somehow he is still their leading receiver on the year, missing a couple of games with that ankle injury, uh, not playing against Georgia Tech after all the dust has settled. You know, clearly to me, just resting up and, and getting ready for, for Atlanta. Uh, again, not that they weren't in Atlanta the week before, but yeah, I agree with you. I think it was, if I recall correctly, it's been the end of September. Uh, it feels like that game was not that long ago, but it, that game's been the end of September since it happened. Uh, yeah, but if I recall correctly, they did not necessarily get them enough touches going early like they like they do in other other games, like they've done in other years, frankly, uh, yeah. of of his career. But yeah. that that's that's what I recall. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got you. Um, <clears throat> what do you think? This is. Excuse me. Who do you think this is going to come down to? Who's going to be your X factor? Who's going to who's going to be the guy who impacts this game at an extremely high level? To me, it is one of two to three people. All that wear crimson. Okay, it is primarily to me. It, it's hard for me to come off of this. Primarily, it's Jalen Milrow. Um, you know, we've talked about him so much. What, what Jalen Milrow did we get is what it was earlier in the season. He has obviously taken his performances largely to another level. Uh, the sacks have been cut in just exponentially down. They're, they're mm-hmm. way down. The interceptions, like I said, I was surprised when we talked about Alabama uh, a couple episodes ago that he's only got six interceptions on the year. That's also what Carson Beck has got. Um, yeah, their numbers you know, are and, and really me, comparable. 
Aside from Absolutely the thousand yard difference, touchdowns and picks right on, but there is a thousand yard difference between Beck and Milrow. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely correct. I mean, to me, I think Georgia's going to get there. This is my mindset. I'm concerned about Alabama getting theirs because I think that's where Milrow comes in. Uh, we've seen reports about Jason McClellan, you know, be, perhaps being on crutches, not, not, not going to be a factor in this game or able to play in it. We've seen that, and he is still Alabama's leading rusher. Um, but to me, it is Milrow, number one. Number two, and you could probably call this a 2A and a 2B if you wanted to. Number two, Isaiah Bond. Number three, Jermaine Burton. What are those guys able to do? Are they able to get, you know, are, okay, are they able to do any of the old Alabama things in terms of deep crosses and post routes where they, you know, they just get separation? It's what that what Alabama did, uh, especially to Georgia. But uh, are they able to do that? If not, are they able to drive the ball at that point? That's that's really – I'm afraid for Alabama if it comes down to them driving the ball, you know, 7, 8, 10, 12 play drives. I think they need to find the explosive plays, and this applies to everyone. But I, I especially worry for them if Georgia makes them earn every single yard, so to speak, instead of, you know, Alabama finding some explosion. Yeah. A lot in there that I like. So – I'm going to go with Tommy Reese, actually. I think this is the best defensive well unit that Bama will have faced thus far, uh, just from all three levels, right? Uh, defensive front, middle layers, and then your secondary. I don't know that Alabama's seen anything like this. Not, not on the year, anyway. I mean, obviously Saban has and and so forth, but has Tommy Reese? Yeah. I mean, is I mean, has 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 Tommy Reese been in a situation before where he's called a game similar to the fronts and coverages and athletes that Georgia has at all eleven positions? Have they seen a Malachi Starks before? Right? Because I mean, I don't know that they have. Now, I mean, you could say, well, they lost to Texas. Okay, well, Texas has got some dudes, right, on the defensive side. You know, Jalen Ford comes to mind. Are they Georgia caliber? Is Tommy Reese? Yeah, yeah. That's my point. That's my point. Like, not quite. I think Texas is going to be good, right? But I don't think they're Georgia caliber. So my question, and or excuse me, reason I'm labeling Tommy Reese is because – is he going to be glued? Is he going to be married to a game plan? Is he going to be married to an idea? Uh, when when that falls through and he's got to adjust, can he? Does he know what to do? Um, it might not even be an issue. Saban might say, "Hey, do this. <laughs> you're you're going to yeah. do this. Run the ball. Uh, run the ball, Lane." But uh, I, I think I think a lot of this is going to come down and hone in on Tommy Reese. Yeah, I can totally see that. I mean, you know. They've, I think, to part of your point as well, they're just such a different team. They're such primarily along the offensive line. They've taken, it's hard to even say steps. They've taken leaps and bounds on their offensive line compared to where they were against Texas. Flash forward to UCF where they can't keep anybody upright, and Jalen Murrow didn't play in that game. I get it. Um, you know, that's, that's where they've grown the most. But now this is going to be the toughest test for them. To me, you can't even compare much that they've played to the talent level of Georgia. Definitely the most talented team they've played since Texas. There is no arguing that. I don't think many teams, maybe LSU, but their defense has just been woeful. You've got them at home. You know, the talent the talent jump that they're about to face is extreme, uh, and it's been a minute since they've played a team like that. 
um, while at the same time they've grown. And I think Tommy Reese has, has done an infinitely better job as well along the way of, of finding, you know, what, what works and what uh, gets the job done for this Alabama squad. I'm, I'm totally I'm, – that's a great point to me, Tommy Reese. Okay. Uh, what about this? Who do you think is facing the most pressure? Ooh, that's you could a good you one. could say you could I say mean, one of the you could say one of the two teams you could say an individual don't matter here. Yeah, um, you know I think I guess the way that I feel about this is that Alabama is probably feeling pretty if if they ever feel this way they're probably feeling fairly grateful to be in this position because if it's ever looked in doubt it was it was looking doubtful for them to make it to this point again in that early season stretch when they couldn't keep anybody upright. Uh, Georgia, to me, I mean, they're they're flirting with a three-peat. I don't think mm-hmm. anyone on their – I don't think anyone in that shade of red has any pressure come Saturday uh, afternoon and, and early evening. To me, it's – as silly as this is, it's certainly – I'm just saying pressure, not saying hot seat whatsoever. But to, to me, the pressure on, if anyone, is Nick Saban, maybe Tommy Reese uh, because of, of the task at hand. Uh, but I mean, it's on Saban, I think, to to prove that it's not, you know, their title days are are not done, and that he can get the last word or the the last win in this case against his former defensive coordinator. I'm gonna go the other way. I'm gonna go the other way. I, I think okay. there's more pressure on Georgia. Actually, I mean, everybody's talking about a three peat at this part. Um, Alabama would have to, I think, would have to win pretty dang convincingly, convincingly, and they need other things to happen for in order for them to get back in. If Georgia loses here, are they out? You know, there's a whole conversation. Will they stay in? There, there's just, I just think there's way more on the Georgia side with the light of the potential to two three peat. Uh, to to be and remain the top dog, the streak that they have going on, um, an arguable, debatable home game with it being in Atlanta. You know, I mean, I know it's going to be cut in half, but but still, um, yeah, Kirby's going to be out to make a point, right? Saban's looking to get to to try to reverse the roles back in the other direction. I just. POV, I I think more pressure is on Georgia, arguably because they have more to lose here. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, I, I guess what happens is if 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 Georgia wins, they kind of they establish a streak against Alabama at that point. They they establish themselves as you know we've got two in a row on the old boss on the old mm-hmm. dynasty. Uh, it's kind of clear at that point if it's not already that they are the new dynasty. Um, and for me, for Alabama, you don't want to allow them to do that. Uh, I do think that if early in this game, you know, let's we, – and we've seen everybody score first on Georgia, right? It's actually almost a bad recipe is the way it's played out. Mm. Um, but but let's say Alabama gets up 10 or 14 or, God forbid, 17 nothing, okay? And Georgia then gets the ball back. I think you could seriously see some pressure at that point of – are we still just, you know, trying to overcome the same bunch? Mm. We still can't do this. Are we serious? You know, things like that yeah. might creep yeah. in. That would be really interesting. I think they need to be pushed in that way, honestly, uh, sure. because they've not been pushed for 60 minutes very often. That's fair. That's fair. Who's going to be the guy that takes it over? Who's going to dominate? The guy that takes it over? Who's going? I mean, we, we talk about X-Factors, but who's going to be the guy that 
that dominates the thing. Now, now we're talking about players as opposed to Tommy Reese or units or whatever. Yeah. That is man. Well, I guess you could say, you could could say the Alabama running game. You could say the Georgia defensive front, but I mean, who, I mean, who really imposes their will? Man, that it's, it's tough. It's tough for me to say anyone in Crimson on this. It, to me, if anyone takes mm-hmm. over this game, I could see Carson Beck doing it with all with the way that he spreads it around, and and then having the greatest cherry on top of of Brock Bowers and him having rest coming into this game. Like we talked about, the Alabama running game is is at least going to be probably short. Jace McClellan just because it just the the more the more I see his name on social media, the worse it looks for him to be able to play. And I don't even know what the injury is right now. Um, but so I could, I could see it being Carson Beck. I could see it potentially being, you know, Dejan Edwards. We, we just had a Kendall Milton game in Atlanta, um, on the other side of the city, you know, in, uh, in rivalry week. If anyone, I, I guess I would go Carson Beck just as, as, as good as he's looked as, as high as I've been on him at times. If anyone takes this game over, I think it'll be him, but I think it's, it, it could play out so close or, or maybe again, the teams are so tight. And they mm-hmm. make mistakes, and it's like, well, the defense has dominated this game, and and it's you know we look up and it's like a seventeen fourteen result or something like that. Yeah, there's almost an unwillingness to want to answer that question out of you, like like or or like well, just just pure uncertainty. Yeah, and, and it's the uncertainty for me. You know, um, I don't I don't think Brock Bowers is going to take over this game for whatever reason. Um, I, I don't know why that is, but I I just think I, I can think, tell you why I think it, what is. it is is Alabama will. Well, they will key in on him so much that it'll it'll open up the outside guys, McConkey, uh, Marcus Rosemary, Jack Saint, or the running game. You know what I mean? I, I don't foresee it being Brock Bowers, but it totally could be. And it's just a, it's hard for me to to see at this point, this far out, who it's going to be. Saban knows a spade when he sees one, and Brock Bowers is a daggum spade on the field, right? He's a freaking baller, and I I can see the answer to your question. I can see Saban saying. We're not going to let this guy do this. We're not going to let this yeah. guy do this. I, I I expect Saban and that Crimson Tide defense to try to neutralize him as as much as they possibly can. Like it's, I think it's going to be painfully obvious, right? Because I, that that yeah. guy he is that dude. He is that dude. But you're going. Oh, sorry, so ultimately, you, you you went down to Carson Beck. I would say this. I probably going to agree with you, but. We talk, okay, so we talked about <clears throat> Georgia being, you know, the the best team that Alabama has seen, arguably since Texas, maybe all season. You could say the same on the other side, right? I mean, what's what's yeah. who has Georgia's best opponent been, or you know, the the best defensive front, the best defensive unit, you know, whatever. Or so they were their closest game outside of Vanderbilt. What Mizzou? Yeah, nine uh, point Georgia, win against Missouri. Well, Georgia Tech. I mean, um, <laughs> I, I'm yeah, going to correct. Yeah, I'm going to take. So okay, so my point is, Mizzou and Georgia Tech. Georgia hasn't seen anything like this either. Not this year. Not this year. Yeah. Right. Obviously, these guys. These guys are two freight trains who've run into each other multiple times. But <clears throat> you know, in addition to Tommy Reese, I could I could also say you know I think your X factor might be Carson Beck. Or might just be the quarterback on the field. Whatever quarterback is on the field, that's your X factor. 
If you're listening to this episode, you're going, these guys have no idea what they're talking about. I would love for you to try to try to analyze this one as well. <laughs> this, yeah. this is a, this is a coin flip. It's a crapshoot. The truthfully, the the Georgia five and a half really surprises me. Uh, I would I would have expected that just to be lower, um, but I guess Vegas, you know, knows something that we don't. Yeah, perhaps they do. Uh, you know, I was trying to look back while you were while you were speaking to that, just to see kind of what the most and and I guess the reason that I don't go with Jalen Milrow in that spot of of who's going to dominate this game. Uh, and obviously, he's had his moments and games that is where he has been ridiculous on the ground. I mean, whether it's one or two long runs, whether it's the LSU game where him and Jaden Daniels, you know, probably combined for six hundred yards between them. Uh, yeah. But you know, his high passing on the year comes goes back to the 7th of October, 321 yards against Texas A&M. And look, mm. they got the deep ball going that day. I, I remember it. Um, and, and I think a big, another matchup that I want to mention that I forgot about until kind of, again, while you were talking is who does, who does Georgia put Everett on number six out there at corner. He's kind of the softer landing spot for, for targets. Kamari Laster is, as as good as you'll see, um, you know, and this game's going to feature a bunch of great defensive backs. Look at these mm-hmm. coaches. Look at what they've done. The guys that you've named, we haven't even talked about guys like Caleb Downs. You know, Alabama's got a kind of baby Mal- a, a baby Malachi Starks on their side as well. Kool-Aid. But who does who does yeah Kool Aid Terry and Arnold? Who does Everett for Georgia? Who does he guard? And I think that's where you want to try to attack first if you're Alabama. That's fair, man. That's fair. Well, let's go ahead and avoid the inevitable, and let's make some let's make some predictions on this thing. Uh, do you want to paper rock scissors to see who goes first? Because I don't want to go first. Let's let me do it. I, I, I'm going to do it. I told you okay. I was going to wing it when we were talking about this game. I'm going to rip the bandaid off, and let me say for the eleventh time, I've I, I couldn't really be more lost on what's going to happen. I'm going to be pretty chalky probably for for these games that we talk about, and in this one. As I look up the over under at 54 and a half. Dang, I'm going to be close to that. <laughs> I'm going to go with Georgia mm. 30, mm. Alabama 24. Wow. Okay. So we're really close. We're really, really, really close. <clears throat> so here's my thought <clears throat> all things have got to come to an end. At yeah. some point, this streak has to end, <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna add into the equation. Saban is still that guy. Uh, he's gonna continue to be that guy until he dies on the sideline. Bama flexes their muscle. They find a way. Okay. They do it. I don't know how. I don't know how, but I know that it's close. I'm gonna take Bama, twenty-seven to twenty-four. All right. You said 30, 24, Georgia. I'm saying 27, 24, Bama. And man, if I could just re- reiterate for what feels like the thousandth time at this point, maybe I haven't said it, but I've at least go, it's gone through my head. Man, I have no clue. I just, I don't. I had a buddy here at the church the other night. He's like, What do you think? And I'm going, I don't know. And he goes, Are you, you guys going to cover the podcast? I was like, Yeah, but maybe we shouldn't <laughs> because it's going to be a <laughs> wasted episode. I, I have no clue. I got, I got nothing. Nothing. Where's yeah. the leverage? Who has the leverage? Uh, I, I, I don't know, man. 
I, I'm totally with you because we've talked about Georgia, the guys that they've lost, and obviously it not looking like it's had an impact. Their schedule being a small part in that. Them catching teams at home instead of at Columbia, Missouri, maybe, maybe at Ole Miss. I'm, you know, they they absolutely wore them out, so I'm not really convinced in that one. Uh, and you know, we had higher, much higher hopes for hosting Georgia as ball fans than uh, the result that we got. Kind of the mm-hmm. team that we got. You know, we wanted to be a factor in the final division uh, SEC championship game. You know, it's not impossible to make it down the road. But uh, yeah, I mean, we've, you know, Georgia. What they've lost, Alabama has not has not lost those same guys. They did lose Bryce Young, obviously, but they've not seen an opponent like this since replacing the guys that they've lost. Is what I was trying to get at. For sure, man. For sure. Uh, that's that sounds like our resounding theme throughout this episode so far. <clears throat> so, absolutely, it is. Well, he's taking Georgia. I'm taking Bama, and another reason I think I'm taking Bama is because I can't I can't do a three peat. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Yeah. Are you are you pulling? Are you rooting for the tide here? Maybe. Maybe just a little bit. Um uh, so I won't say that I'm rooting for a t- you know, I'm rooting for the Mercedes Men's Dome, you know, at the time that the first person that day is supposed to enter it to just collapse. Um, the power to go out. Probably still re- the power to go out is that what he said. Work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm and I'm listen, I'm saying with nobody in it, I'm not wanting anybody to be in there when it happens, but uh yeah, power goes out. Atlanta, the whole city has a you know a an electrical outage, uh, whatever it is. That would probably result in Georgia getting in because they're undefeated. I'm not rooting for anyone. It's terrible if Georgia three peats. That's my take. You're wait, I what you're not what if Georgia three peats? I'm I'm not rooting for anyone per se. It is terrible uh-huh. if Georgia three peats. So the okay. best path is for Alabama to win this game. Okay. Okay. Uh, so we're rooting for a Georgia loss. We are rooting for a Georgia loss, if unless both teams can lose. Holding out. Roll Vols? I'm going to vomit real quick. <laughs> All right, again, one more time. I'm taking Bama. He's taking Georgia. SEC Conference Championship game, Saturday, 4 o'clock, kickoff on CBS. Enjoy it for the last time, folks. The last ever Pac-12 game set to be played on Friday night. 8 o'clock kickoff on ABC. Vegas likes Oregon at 10. You got an over-under of 65 and a half. And I'm just telling you, I'm praying for the over. Give me a barn burner. ESPN FBI likes Oregon at 75.8%. Dude. I this I'm this is I am so excited for this one. I am so ex- I don't know that I've ever been so excited for a Pac-12 game ever in my life. Uh I've definitely not been this excited for a Pac-12 game ever in my life. It doesn't hurt that the villains of uh USC are not in this game. That is uh you know that doesn't hurt the cause any whatsoever. Uh yeah man. I am I'm jacked for this game. I am thankful it's on Friday night because it would probably be tough to watch all the games that I want to watch on Saturday. You know what I mean? Uh, I am blown away, and I don't like how Washington's been playing. Okay, they have been they've been surviving at its finest. Yeah. They have not been That's thriving fair. whatsoever. While Oregon Oregon's been out here on a murder spree, you yeah. know, after the Washington loss. 
Yeah. Uh, but I, I can't believe that we've got things like 75.8 to 24.2 in the useless ESPN analytics, the FBI. I can't believe that Vegas is giving them 10. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that. Um, but things that uh, wise men, my father in this case, told me a long time ago, it is hard to beat the same team twice. No, yeah. And as I, as I just said, as everyone with, with eyeballs can see, Oregon is playing a much cleaner, much stronger brand of football right now. Mm-hmm. Are you a believer in Bo yet? I guess I believe in Bo. He's uh he certainly seems to have have reached you know more than I ever thought he could. I mean, I was just looking at it: thirty nine hundred and six yards, thirty seven touchdowns, two picks, and he has ran for yards, uh, the number of which I am trying to find. Uh, only 159 yards. I would have taken that to be higher. Six touchdowns on those on those attempts. But he's he's. I mean, he's he's just slinging the ball around. He's he's doing things that that more resemble you know a Tennessee last year, Alabama with the run of quarterbacks they've had. The way he's just fitting in windows. The way they've got guys running open. Don't t- you can't tell me that Lanning didn't bring some of the stuff he saw when he was coordinating defenses at Georgia with him. Um, yeah, he's. I, I guess I'm convinced at this point. And it, this is not going to go anywhere with uh, – not going to go away anytime soon with Oregon is what I should say because Dante Moore is about to be in the transfer portal and he was originally an Oregon Duck until Bo Nix decided he was going to stay, went down to UCLA. Well, now he's in the portal. Don't be surprised if he goes up to Eugene, Oregon. Man, I love Bo Nix. I love this guy. Uh, I mean, he's he's – the things that you saw him do at Auburn, those days are gone. So he's got more yards than Phoenix. He's got more touchdowns than Phoenix, and he's got less picks than Phoenix. Yeah, and he's just balling out. I think he's a large part of 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 their success. I mean, if you watched him against Oregon State, say what you want to about Oregon State, man, uh, they're scrappy. They fight. Uh, there's a reason Michigan State plucked him away. Uh, John, plucked John, Jonathan Smith away from Oregon State. Part of that could be because they're headed to the Mountain West, but um, the him throwing dudes open, throwing to the spots as opposed to between their numbers. Oh my gosh! Um, I do wonder if this guy is an NFL quarterback. I mean the the game is is obviously continuing to change uh, inside of the league. I do wonder that though, but um, as you mentioned, it's. Stupid hard to beat the same team twice. Uh, now we're looking at neutral turf with it being in Las Vegas. You know, so the elements are not going to be a factor. You're you're going to have the revenge factor, right? Um, Washington's yep. going to have a lot of pressure. Uh, they are holding on to a top four spot. Oregon's like, we got to get in. Let's let's let it all hang out. A lot of reason to like Oregon here, especially with with what you said at how poorly Washington has been playing lately. And you know how, yeah, how much I, I mean, like Washington. Oh yeah, that's and that's that's what's hard for me with this because if I had if I had my choice, if I could pick a national champion right now, it is it's like a 50%, no, it's like a 75% Washington and like a 25% Michigan. Um because, you know, as we talked about as as any listeners heard, I'm not that harsh on Michigan with all the scandal. Um, and I'm 
you know, if you know me, you know, I'm over this, uh, this Georgia run, I'm over it. Um, and I, there's no reason to dislike Washington. I love the, what, what they, what they have done. I love what they can be. I love Michael Penix Jr. But, you know, it's just, it's inevitable the way that, that they're playing to me that they're just, they're begging for a loss is kind of what they're doing. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Well, I don't know what much else to say uh, regarding this, so I'd love to go ahead and make some predictions on it. You want to be? Yeah. You want to? You want to go ahead Let's first on this one, like you did last time? Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll go ahead and and tell you what I got for this one as well. And it ain't pretty for Washington, as I just said. I would love to see them to to have, to have continued to play the way they were playing around the time they beat Oregon, because that's honestly when the bad started creeping in, when the close wins started happening. That's not what I've got. Um, I do see Washington scoring some points, causing Oregon some some troubles, but I think Oregon's going to more than cover that because I know the cloth that Lanning is cut from, you can see it with the way that the team is playing right now. Oregon has been clean outside of losing this game, except for Texas Tech, where they you know flirted with disaster there. Um, I'm going to go with Oregon, Oregon 45, Washington 31. 45-31 Ducks. All right, cool. It's really hard to beat same team twice. This is what I said would happen in my preseason prediction, that Washington would get the best of Oregon in the regular season. Oregon would turn around. And and get the conference championship win. What I was not anticipating is how hot Oregon would be going into this game. Washington again a bit on the struggle bus. I'm going to take Oregon here, 51-45, sending that way uh, over the over over the. <laughs> Give me that. <laughs> Give it to yeah. me. It's in my veins. All right, so let me ask you this. We're both taking Oregon. Okay, here's here's how we'll yeah. end, the seg- end the segment. Is Oregon, can they, excuse me, can Oregon beat Michigan? Can they beat Georgia? Can they beat Bama? Yes, yes, and yes. Oh. I was not of that opinion until – very well until down the stretch this year when again they've just been they they play every down that their starters are in the game and they're just sitting there what they're trying to tell you on every single snap is that we're making up for that loss we're on a mission and Mm. you're not going to beat us twice to me is what they're saying now you don't like when i do this but to me to beat michigan possibly to beat georgia for sure they would have to play their most complete game. But you ask, can they? I'm saying, yes, they can. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the only question you can't ask. I mean, we don't even know if they're lining up against one another yet. Man, yeah, what, I'd give for, what I'd give for an Oregon Natty, what I'd give for an Oregon-Bama national championship, and Bo Nix just goes ham and breaks the heart on, you know, a last-second field goal to beat Bama. And, you know, Bo Nix is the one who kicks the field goal. I mean – that would be the most fitting thing ever the only thing better would be if it was georgia honestly because he's got all these losses to georgia he's beat alabama um okay it would be better if it's georgia let me do this he beats georgia in the semis and beats bama in the natty how about that 
Now we're talking. Now we're now, talking. Now we're talking. From the boys at Pandemonium Reigns, we're all Oregon Ducks. We're both taking the Ducks. I'm taking them 51-45. Mike's taking them 45-31. All right, last game we're going to cover here in depth. The ACC Championship, Louisville, Florida State, ABC, 8 o'clock kick oh, words, eight o'clock kickoff on Saturday. Let's see. Vegas likes Florida State by two. We got an over-under of 47 and a half. Uh, the ESPN matchup predictor likes Florida State 74.4%. But you know what? There's no Jordan Travis. There's no Jordan Travis. And Tate Rotemaker is who is who he is. I mean, he's serviceable. Yeah. Didn't really have a great night against Florida. Uh, that's a big rivalry game. I guess I'll, I'll give him that, you know, excuse. Yeah. But and, and dude, Louisville. I mean, you know, ugly, well, not ugly loss, but a, a, a painful loss to in-state rival Kentucky. I mean, playing well though, man. The the fighting bronze. Yeah, uh, I can't get over how good of a coach that guy is. They were terrible last year. If you click into this game, uh, it says this. It says there's a, a video, but the preview caption is Louisville's Island of Misfit Toys, ready for the big moment. I, all mm. this brings me to how good of a coach Jeff Brom is. I mean, Plummer, the transfer that he is, you know what I mean? They've yeah. got a thousand-yard rusher in Jordan. I mean, they're balanced. They've got an ugly loss to Pitt. Uh, a loss that they really, really, really shouldn't have had to Kentucky and what they are right now. Um, of course, we didn't even know at the time that they played them that Stoops was, had, you know, half a body out the door, not even a foot out the door. But yeah. it all comes back to me for FSU and what they've lost and, and just how absolutely unfortunate it is. You know, we have this garbage week every year around around the time that Jordan Travis was, in, was injured against well, Northern Alabama, I mean, honest to God, directional, you, you know, University Tech, Sisters of the Blind. We have yeah. this unfortunate week every year uh, around that time for most conferences where there's a, a couple garbage games in there for – or every team may play a garbage – you know, Tennessee played UConn, you know. Um, Alabama played UTC, you know. And, and it sucks that in a game like that, a playoff contender, a Heisman contender – now, he wasn't going to win it with the numbers that he's got compared to what Daniels has done – Phoenix and, and Knicks, what they've done. Uh, but he was playing his best ball, man. He has got two picks on the years, all he's got. Mm -hmm. uh, 20 touchdowns, super balanced team, super dangerous team because of uh, Benson, Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson. They're, they're just so dangerous. Mm -hmm. And and now you just, you know, they're running on about three cylinders out of what was a, a nice V8 engine. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I want to point out one thing before we continue this conversation. So the ACC without divisions this year, right? All right, so let me, let yeah. me start from the top and work my way down. Obviously, at the top, undefeated okay. Florida State in the conference, 8-0. Then Louisville, obviously, 7-1. Next is NC State. They were Atlantic Division. After that, your next what would have been Coastal Division, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech with the fourth best record in the conference at five and three. There was a potential. Now I get it. There's no divisions, so there's a little bit of shape shifting with with the schedules and you know those divisions not playing one another and and whatnot. But yeah, could have been staring at a Florida State Florida State Georgia Tech game. If if 
if that is the case and the and with how well Georgia Tech has been playing and they just came off a 31-23 loss to Georgia are you picking Tech by chance to upset Florida State the thing is I yes I think I I think I probably would if I picked Florida State it would be by the narrowest of margins um now their defense we we haven't given any props to their defense all in this whole conversation they've had I think their defense is, is playoff caliber. I just don't think their offense and their team, as a result, is without you know a quarterback. Um, yeah, I think I'm picking Georgia Tech by maybe a narrow margin. I don't understand FSU being favored by Vegas. I don't know what the point of the matchup predictor ever has been, mm-hmm. and I don't get that. You know, three mm-hmm. to one, their 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 uh, the margin of of favor for Florida State in that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is the greatest example, though, of why you should be divisionless because how many years would we have looked back and said, oh, my God, Florida State, they've just got to beat Georgia Tech to get in. And if they had Jordan Travis, I wouldn't even blink at that matchup. Uh, but again, without him, you know, this conference, this this is a really sad game. <laughs> fair. Man, that's fair. That's fair. Well, I want to I go ahead and dive into the prediction, man. Is it, yeah. Can I get you to go first one more time? I guess so if I'm us. No, I'm kidding. I volunteered the first time, and I was happy to do it for Washington, Oregon. But, yeah, man, I, I think it's been clear what I've been saying, what I've been leading up to here. I, I just – I think that Florida State is going to do the committee a great favor, and I think they're going to lose this game. I think this is where it just catches up to you. It almost did against a 5-7 and seven Florida team. Again, at the Swamp. But I think this is where it catches up to you. I think, you know, Brom – is someone that can absolutely exploit you when you don't have a guy like Jordan Travis. And I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Cardinals 28, Seminoles 20. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that would be a huge favor to the playoff committee. Large in part, a favor to the college football world. I don't know that outside of Florida State fans that – Anybody wants Florida State in the playoff without Jordan Travis? I'm with you. That that sucks. I I I flip and hate this injury, man. Um, yeah. But you know what? It's a part of the game, and it's a, it's a next man up scenario. Um, this is tough. This is real tough. I can totally see a Florida State beatdown. I can see it because roster top to bottom. I don't think there's any comparison. I mean, Jaheim yeah. Bell, Trey Benson, Johnny Wilson, uh, Brandon Fisk on the defense, Jared Verse, you know, just Finchel Cypress, dude after dude after dude. And Louisville's just over here just winning games. I mean, the, the schedule's probably one of the worst in the country. But over here, first-year coach winning games, Jeff Brom is, is a firecracker. Uh, he's he's His blood temperature is always 600 degrees. I'm also yeah. going to take Louisville to pull this off. I'm going to add to that, though, and say that Louisville pulls this win off despite losing the turnover battle. I can see them turning the ball over, you know, two, three times, probably pushing it. I'm going to say, I'm going to say two turnovers. Florida State has none. Louisville still finds a way to do this 30 to 27. Wow. Yeah. So, nonetheless, man, ACC Championship, enjoy it. It's going to be Saturday night, 8 p.m. kickoff. We're both taking the cards. L's up. 
All right, this is going to bring us to the end of today's episode covering the championship weekend. And we're going to just kind of close things out with flying through the Big Ten and the Big 12. I do want to give credit to Josh Pate for at the beginning of the season predicting the Big 12 championship competitors in Texas and Oklahoma State. Props to him. That dude continues just to kind of nail things. I'll tell you what. I'll go ahead and do this. I'll take it a step farther. I'm on a roll. Give me the Cowboys. I'll take the Cowboys in the Big 12. My Gundy's good, man. He he does this stuff. And 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 what 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 a narrative it would be as Texas exits its final game as a as a as a Big 12 um uh, uh what's the word? Uh member and opponent, right? Uh I'll take the Cowboys in this, man. I mean, the totally different team than what we saw in 2022. That's fair. Uh, and, and massive credit to Mike Gundy reaching the Big 12 championship in a season where he lost to South Alabama. Massive credit, except for the loss to South Alabama part of that. Uh, and, yeah. and, you know, props to Pate for guessing that one. I don't know if that was a model thing or if he is just that dialed in because that's, that's freakishly dialed in. Texas Crazy. will not be doing the committee any favors. They will not be doing Alabama, who is a spot below them, rightfully so, because of the, oh, that's right, head-to-head win over them. They will not be doing any favors for anyone. They're going to cover 15 and a half once in this game. Well done and well said. What do, you, what do you say to those who say it should be the four best teams? Because you you, you made a little your, – your, your, your remark had an undertone between the Texas and Alabama, and I, I know exactly what you're oh. getting at. I've got your undertone right here. Let me just read you the quote, and I'll bring you the undertone. Saban on the C- on the CFP to the Pat McAfee show. Uh, I'm assuming he was on the show because he does this parade every time of year. You know when his team's not worthy of a spot, sure. uh, unless they beat Georgia. If they beat Georgia, they they probably deserve a spot. We'll see. He says there should be some representation from the SEC, regardless of who wins the SEC championship game. Absolutely, I think this is one of the best leagues in the country. If you're a one loss team and you played through the SEC, I think. You're one of the best four teams in the country. Again, largely, I agree. Do you see anybody else out here campaigning? Does no. anyone ever do this type of campaign? Bull no, I know. Crap? And and nobody you dis- did it well, last year with two losses. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's and there's only a handful of people who think that the SEC is not the top dog conference. There's only a handful. Sure. sure. But but that your 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 top dogs inside of this conference are the ones lobbying for themselves. Which I I mean, if I'm if I'm the head coach, you know, it's what I'm doing as well. Like I'm gonna lobby for my yeah. team. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try to pull leverage for these guys. But my gosh, my argument is if 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 we're just gonna go ahead at the end. And we're just going to pick the best four, or in a year, pick the best twelve. Let's just stop playing a regular season. We'll just we'll just play. Let's, we'll just let's go we'll based just, off recruiting rankings. Yep, yep. We'll just we'll just take recruiting rankings, and we'll say, all right, here here's a here's a here's a here's a thirty two bracket playoff. Just play it based off your recruiting rankings. That's stupid. At, at what point does what you do on the field matter? Uh, and that's just where this game is headed. All because we introduced what we thought was a better system in 2014 and all it's done is is bite us in the butt and i'll just say for the sake of it one more daggum time if i'm if i'm the the commissioner give me a four team playoff and let's let the bcs determine your participants because from 1998 to 2013 the bcs got your top two wrong twice via 2004 via 2011 
from 1998 to 2013, it never got your top four wrong. Your your champion was always inside of your top four. So with that said, why are we giving five through twelve a chance? Why? Okay, this is not what this episode is about. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But but for, uh, also since we went there. I just saw the the preview somebody put out, out of what the 12 team would have been, and it would have been number 12, Tulane, number 11, Ole Miss. Did y'all not see Ole Miss get murdered by Georgia two weeks ago? Whenever Fair. it was. Did y'all not watch that game? And and we know, we know that voters and committee members that they hate this game, that they don't watch this game. It's reflected in the Heisman voting. It's oh, reflected, yeah. you know, every now and then in the the playoff rankings. They make it so much harder than it has to be. But it has a lot of human error in it. To me, here's you know here's what would have been a lot simpler. Let's drop Ohio State out of contention. They're sitting there at six. They lost the mm. only game that matters to them. They they beat Penn State. Congrats to them for that. I don't think Penn State's that good. They beat Notre Dame. Notre Dame's a three or four loss team. Voila. Drop them out of it. Move Texas and Alabama up, and let the conference championship games be the final deciding factor. That's what you do. It's almost as but, if yeah. it's almost as if your your conference championship games are a part of your playoff. Hmm. Uh, who'd have thunk and, it? Yeah, and and then will then be the most irrelevant thing ever in a twelve team playoff. No kidding. Let me let me make another point to this. You mentioned uh, Oklahoma State's ugly loss earlier to who? Who'd they lose to? You South said? Amabala. Okay, let's say they they go into the Big Twelve championship game and handle. Texas and put up, sure. you know, a 50 burger. Okay. And they jump enough spots to get into your top 12. So you're going to have, you're going to have a playoff team who lost to South Alabama. That's what you're going to have. This, this is, this yep. is what we're going to do. Okay. I mean, so we're gonna be let it. the 07, we're going to let the 07 giants be in the playoff every single time. <laughs> because they're capable of and doing look, it. I love them. <laughs> I loved them for beating Brady and breaking up that that streak, all of it. I don't need them in my college football playoff because it is a separate sport. I do not need the participation of being a playoff team when I'm only a top 12 team. I need the champion to be in the top four at most. So in this, in this, and it still will be, by the way. Oh, for sure. For sure. So your, your, your 12 team, your 12 team bracket playoff. You're basically putting on the value on what one team can do in one night, right? In this four-team yep. idea, you're putting the value on what one team, or excuse me, four teams can do in one season. You, you've you got to be able to put a season together. And losses, you should pay a cost. You should pay a price for losing. Uh, my thought is if, 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 Georgia, excuse me, if Bama beats Georgia, if Bama slides up into the playoff and Georgia drops down just enough to stay in it, that should not be. We The game has been played. We have played this game. Why are we repeating it? It has been done. Uh, but we're, this is what we're going to do because we're going to – we're going to take a sport that we love and we're going to put it on the opinions and the bias of a committee in a room and they're not going to give account for their decisions. This is not where we were going with this episode. Not at all. We still got to we still have to touch on the also, big ten. Also, no apologies. <laughs> yeah, no apologies. Uh, with that said, we both expect Michigan to handle Iowa, correct? 
Uh, yes, actually, uh, quick trivia question for you. Uh, just a quick question that popped in my head for this game, the most irrelevant of all of the championship games in my mind. Over, under, and if you know this, just play along. Uh, I'm going to give you an over, under of 450 yards. Do you think Iowa's leading receiver has more or less? Less. 299 oh yards. Former Michigan tight end Eric All is the leading receiver uh, at 299 yards. He also leads them in touchdowns with three. That is your leading receiver for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, Iowa has a team has passed for 1,481 yards on the year, nine touchdowns oh and nine picks. They've also been sacked nine times just for uh, continuity's sake. You know, you know there are players in this in this game that have rushed for more yards than that on the season. Like oh, that's how it facts. works. Like there yes. is a there is a triple option running back or a quarterback or <laughs> really good running back for that matter who has mm-hmm. ran for fifteen hundred yards. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just what we get year in, year out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I got one um, for you. So you, I guess you, okay. Uh, so No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just this is just a hypothetical that I wanted to throw at you. So over under ten. How many points Iowa scores? I would go under three. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> He's going to take the under on seen? three. Okay. That's I don't <laughs> have you seen you. Did we? Did we talk about the literally? I think they're over under for points in each half is a half a half point. Oh did we talk gosh. about that? How many? How much longer is Ferenc going to be there, man? I. I I don't know, man. I don't understand. I, I, this cannot be fun. It can't be fun. It's hideous. I mean, I respect the guy. He's been there for what? It's got to be nine decades. I mean, he came off the Dagum arc yes. with Moses, and he took over the head coach uh, at, 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 at Iowa. But just, just how much longer? How much longer? You got to start just, putting offenses together, man. You got to start putting offenses together, especially with UCLA and USC and Oregon and Washington coming to play in your neighborhood. Dude, dude they haven't scored 25 points in since the beginning of October. They scored 26 on the 30th of September. They haven't they haven't played in a game that featured 30 points being scored since the week after that against Purdue on the 7th of October. There were 34 total points scored that game. After that, it's been point totals of like 21, 22, uh, all under 30 since the middle of October. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, against Nebraska, 13, against Illinois, 13, against Rutgers, 22, against Northwestern, 10, against Minnesota, 10, against Wisconsin, 15, against Purdue, 20, Iowa, or excuse me, against Michigan State, 26, nothing against Penn State. And then you have to go all the way back to September 16th when they put up 41 against Western Michigan and former Florida head coach, whatever his name is, the guy that took a picture with sharks. Shark, shark boy. Yeah. McElwain. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, all right, that's going to bring us to the end of this one. That forgive us for our whole playoff spill there. Just, just know that we could do it better, y'all. We could, we could do it better. So just go ahead and email the 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 appropriate people and say, listen, the pandemonium reigns. 
these guys, they need to they need to be the commissioners of this whole thing. We will bring order to conferences and we'll bring order to structure and to playoff. We'll bring order to all of the things and we will preserve your rivalries and your traditions and all the things. And we'll still give you all the things that you love. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. And and we'll achieve the mission of the NCAA as it stands or as they say it stands. And we'll look out for the players. If you, you know, and, and it's wide open now, but if you're having an eligibility issue, I'll give you a same-day decision. You know what I mean? If you're James Madison, you just moved to FBS, you're looking to get into a bowl, you're in. You're in. Is that the, That's the only reason they would have been a bowl ineligible, right, because it's their first year in FBS? Stupid. Yep. And they, they, end up, they end up getting in because we didn't have enough bowl-eligible teams. No, no, no. Well, they got in because of Shane Beamer. That's true. There you go. They got in because of Shane Beamer. Yeah. Thank you, Shane. And Billy appreciate Baker, it. appreciate you too. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Hey, we appreciate you guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and hanging out with us. Uh, we love it. We love doing this. We love being in your speakers, being in your business, being in your ears. Uh, make sure you go ahead and hit like and subscribe. Uh, thank you to our sponsors. Appreciate all you guys. Uh, that continues to grow. Views continue to grow. Comments continue to grow. Would love some some comments uh, on this YouTube post and uh, five-star reviews on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts. Again, thank you so, so much for hanging out with us. We love you guys. God bless. Go Vols. ZBO. Pandemonium reigns. <laughs>